welcome back everyone to episode seven, eight, one of the two of Beyond the Board. And we recorded eight. We yeah, and how about that sweet, sweet sounds by none other than Patty Knox. He's gonna be doing our new music and it feels very rehearsed doing this a second time because like we said on our social media, this is our second take. And <laughs> we uh, the audio corruption, audio file got corrupted, and that's why we had to push it back a week, which is a big bummer. It was on my end, of course. I always have these sound problems, it sounds like, so. Yeah, it's, I'd rather get it out of the way in the first recordings than later on down the line. Yeah, well, what are you, what are you gonna do? But, um, our boy Patty Knox is hitting us with the new music. He's gonna be taking care of us from here on out, um, and it sounds so good. I just start dancing a little bit every time I hear it. So check him out for sure on Spotify, uh, Spotify I think. For sure SoundCloud. For sure SoundCloud. So, um, But just like uh, a second take leads us right into what we're talking about with second wins. That's right, fighters. That is what we're do- talking about today. Um, fighters are dope, guys. And... I, they're, they're upper in my payment classes for sure. Yeah, and I didn't realize how sweet they were until going back in and looking at them again. Because, like I said, we've done this twice now, so we're hitting fighters. It's very, very in front of my mind because um, we've hit it so hard, and then it got corrupted, and now we're doing it again. Um, I it, think we did do druids twice. I don't think you could have handled that. <laughs> no, I would just say we're skipping it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stream this one. Um, <laughs> no, fighters are sweet because it's that class um, that isn't really necessarily tethered to a certain theme, which I really enjoy. Whenever I have some um, new players coming into my campaigns and they don't really know exactly what they want to do, I always kind of point them in the direction of fighters because they can do so much. And they're not really necessarily like, oh, clerics, they're holy casters, druids, they're the wilds, um, paladins, judicators. You can have whatever type of background you want, dude. Like with fighters, you could be a mercenary, you could be a holy man, you could just be a guy who fights. And that's the thing you can build almost any character from fighter standpoint like you can be a better archer than rangers just by building a fighter you could be a uh unarmed martial fighter similar to a monk without like all the wisdom stuff just by taking like unarmed fighting feats and stuff so it's kind of cool and they can do a bunch of stuff uh, two weapon fighting to get pulled, put you up against rogues and shit against daggers like it's, it's pretty cool like you said how much versatility they have with build yeah they have they they just can do so much and they're not put into a box necessarily like there's a subclass the eldritch knight which they get to pick up um spell casting and they can like the magic in one hand sword in the other skyrim style who doesn't like that stuff so fighters do it all and the cool thing about fighters is they don't necessarily have one specific thing like warlocks you know they have uh eldritch blast paladins have smite druids turn into animals um there's uh fighters don't necessarily have one like niche thing in their kit they're just overround good at fighting you know and they're like you could say their niche um uh, ability is just being able to hit harder and faster and more often they get um uh extra attack three i think so they get attack four times per turn and you could say their staple is um what's it called blinking so uh, action surge that's what it's called action surge um tell me no and then repeat it yeah 
<laughs> oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you said second wind, which is also a cool uh, ability that they get. Um, but no, action surge. You're totally right. Um, action surge lets them uh, take the attack action again as a bonus action. So they can attack four times in one turn, take the attack... Uh, the action surge attack another four times, equaling to eight, not including their reaction. If someone moves away and they have a feat, they can attack again. So it's pretty crazy. They definitely are hard hitters. Well, like you said, it really mimics that monk build, especially if you kind of want to do that without doing the complications of the key points and all that. Just action surge and attack eight. Yeah, pretty crazy. And it's kind of like the... And of course, that's at level 20. Monks obviously get, I think, the most attacks in the game. Um, oh, they just don't hit as hard as fighters do. So they're more about those chakra points shutting you down. Yeah, it's definitely gentle fist style. And I've heard a lot of like complaining about it, but if we made monks stronger, monks would be stupid but busted, you know? Like Busty and Busted. Busty and Busted, Sonate style. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, um, but now that we've kind of hit on, um, hit on Sonata, LOL, I'm, I'm stuck in the mood now. Um, yeah. Now that we've touched on, <laughs> oh go god, that's not even good either. Um, now that we've gone over the um, main features of the fighter style, um, well, guys, should we move into the subclasses or... Is there anything else Hell we should yeah. mention there? No, I think you pretty much covered over it, honestly. Uh, the only thing that's different is the fighting style, but like we brushed over, you can get to archery, defense, more dueling, like one-on-one -on -one combat. Yeah, dexterity. Like yeah. Yeah, you can do uh, it. Like we said stuff. when we recorded the first time, like dexterous fighters do not sleep on At its core, it's just all about throwing hands. That's With, the thing. Oh, yeah. Throwing street, we'll go, taking it back to the streets. Dude, Zach hands. Fox, square it's up. Cool language. <laughs> square up. Just that's that's all you gotta that's, that's all you gotta do. That's yeah. the motto of the fighter. Square up. It's on site with fighters. At all <laughs> <times>. <laughs> um, so subclasses are super sweet with fighters because they they just like a fighters can be played in so many different ways. There are so many different subclasses that support those different ways of um, playing them. Uh, you can do something uh, that influences the battlefield, like. Um, um, I think it's the Battlemaster. Battlemaster, yeah. Who they can they have a bunch of uh, uh, core abilities that let them manipulate fighting. Um, they can disarm people. They can keep them at range. There's a bunch of cool stuff that we can do. So I'm really interested in what we decided to talk about here. Um, yeah, what what did you guys come up with? Um, I still ended up doing the different one because I remember we mirrored mirrored each other. Oh, last dude, that's time. all good. I went with the uh, rune knight, even though the echo knight is the one that I want to build next. Uh, but the rune knight, you start getting a number of runes at third level. It starts with two, then three, four, and five, capped out at fifteenth level. But you can build up these runes to they're, they're almost like glyph of warding, but a lot more beefed up. They help with your sleight of hand, deception, efficiency tools, advantage in animal handling, intimidation, insight. There's, there's so much stuff they can help with, and you can like again rig them to do attacks and shit so it's really cool to see the room carving and how that plays into it and i like playing halflings as fighters so to use the giant's might the giant's like uh, uh stash prowess i'm just a prowess but uh all the 
giant abilities that you get with it is just kind of funny when you think of a halfling like growing triple in size and he's just kind of a little bit taller than a man triple in size so he's a size large <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh gotta grow i feel so strong seven feet tall <laughs> it's like old school hulk like he's big but if you pair him up to like a barbarian or something it's you know you you're just there. I think we're watching two different Hulk movies because Hulk is definitely bigger than a barbarian, but hey, what do you say? <laughs> you're, no, you're just not making big enough barbarians. I, I, I guess. <laughs> um, no, it is cool, though, the Rune Knight, because it gives kind of, like, uh, Norse vibes. Like, you almost go yeah. to Viking and, like, do, like, Odin Sun vibes, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who uses... Trindamir? From League of Legends? Yeah. Yeah, 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 with the one sword. That's what he kind of reminds me of. Okay, cool. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. So, the one I came up with is, like Colin said, we... The first time we recorded this, we had the same one. Uh, We both wanted to do the Echo Knight because it is so sweet. And um, the reason I chose this is because I kind of can't... And I'm going to go over it when we get to our characters that we decided to play as. Um, because I wanted something that kind of fit this dark vibe I came up with. And the Echo Knight, you can treat it so many different ways. And I was going to read for you key features, but I kind of got sidetracked because of this notice. Have any of you guys been on Wikidot today? Oh, yep. yep. I have not. Yep. Okay, let me read this to you guys. On ni- on the 19th of May, 2022, Wikidot servers have been hit by hackers. All traces lead to the Russian Federation. Russian Federation. <laughs> All the data files and databases are intact and no data loss has occurred. They're just going through and rebuilding the infrastructure and all the stuff like that. Man, you I know, knew, I knew the war was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad affecting my D&D stuff, you know? So, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so screw you, be neutral, man. Yeah, that that, <laughs> just, that that we're just trying to make a podcast, bro. Why you gotta interfere? Um, so that's kind of lame. But uh, the Echo Knight is super cool. It's all built around making um, uh, echoes of yourself, surprisingly enough. And what that means is they're one hit point, face uh, phantasmal um, images of yourself. And it's all about switching places with them. You can uh, be 30 feet from your image um, and make an attack either from your physical body or your metaphysical body um, and it switch places so between like each other. Chronicles of Riddick style. That's why it's so fucking dope. That's why I loved it. Yeah, it also gives me um, uh, Italian vibes from, uh, what's it called? Shadow of War and Shadow yeah. of Mordor, you know? So yeah. that's pretty. That's why I picked it. I was a huge fan of those games. Um, and yeah, it's pretty sweet. You end up being able to make like two copies of yourself down the road. Um, and you can make like three attacks from them, switch back and forth, do reconnaissance with your clone. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. I would definitely take a look at it. Um, and I'll definitely go into it more when we talk about our characters, why I chose this one. Uh, what about you, Juan? What did you come up with? Well, you can, you listen, Sam, right? If you know me, you know, <laughs> talked about it last week. I'm not gonna change up. It's always it's always gonna be samurai. Like even even in in, in the campaign that Colin just started. Um, even though I'm playing a wizard, you are I decided, a I, even though I'm playing a wizard, I still flavored it like a samurai because I keep I made him a blade singer with a samurai sword. <laughs> you say very true to what you like, dude. <laughs> Listen, I know what I like, and I do That's what I what like. That's what I like. That's what I like. No, but like, how do you? 
we talk, I mean, yeah, we talked about this last week, but fighting spirit at third level, you just give yourself advantage for the rest yeah. of the turn. You yeah, stack yeah. that up with how many, like, what the three extra attacks you get by the end of the class, and it's just, you're just hitting home. Oh, well, you're, you, granted, fighters always hit hard, but now you're actually going to hit. You're not, yeah. you're not missing as often. Um, the fact that uh, at freaking 18th level, if you, if you fall to zero hit points, you can delay your death. And finish <laughs> and do an extra turn out of initiative order. Like how fucking badass is that? You're just so determined to like, you know, finish the mission that you're just like, nah, brah, not yet. If I'm going yeah. down, I'm, you're going down with me. It's like when Rockley hits his fucking auto drive when he's facing Gara. He's he's not home at all. Like homeboy is lights out, but he's still standing there, like squared up, ready to go. And then the the best part is it kind of. I didn't talk about this last week, but if you look at the, the 15th level ability for, for Samurai, um, I'll just read it. Um, you learn to trade accuracy for swift strikes. If you take the attack action on your turn and have advantage on an attack roll against one of the targets, you can forego the advantage for that roll to make an additional weapon attack against that target as part of the same action. So not only can you just give yourself advantage, on one of those extra swings you get per your extra attack and even for an action surge, you can then make an additional attack by giving up your advantage. Granted, you can only do this once per turn, but the fact that you can do that means that on every average fighter that like action surges with an extra attack, you get like what, six hits? Um, yeah. As a samurai at 15, you get seven. Yeah, it's crazy. And six of those hits are more than likely to hit because you have the, or I guess five of those hits are more likely to hit because you have advantage, whereas you just get the extra two. Yeah, like that's uh, nuts. It's just cool. It's just cool, man. It is really cool. Increasing like the critical strike chance by like twenty percent, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Super. Let me run the numbers real quick. <laughs> Let me crunch them. Oh, glasses slide up to nose. <laughs> um, no, super cool stuff. And one plays. Uh, these um oriental characters very very well the samurai like he says all of his characters are japanese names and he does a very good job of playing them so it's always super fun i might switch up and finally play a latin based character like based off like some colombian folklore we'll see dude that'd be that'd be badass dude i've i've thought about it i've thought about it i just it it's harder to translate into D D yeah. because it's like not as common but right. like I've got I've got some shit in the books. Just wait. I'm we'll so hyped, dude. <laughs> I'm I am literally so hyped that you said that. Like I cannot wait. Um My my next cleric might I know this isn't the cleric episode, but my next cleric might be like a like a like a Latin missionary. Yo, like yes. Yes. <laughs> like straight Please, like what's yes. like <laughs> like Inquisition. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. No yes, one expects Spanish Inquisition. No one. No one does. Shit, that could be my next fighter. Honestly, oh, <laughs> baptism or sword, your pick. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Um, so now that we covered subclasses, boys, should we jump right into our character creation? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll go ahead and jump in right into this. This is a character that I kind of been workshopping for the last like three weeks now. Um, it's it's definitely a cool idea in my opinion. I'm probably the next character i'm going to play 99 percent chance it all depends if we play strahd or not that's what it comes down to um and with this character his name's baspian and he um is this very powerful alchemist he's very intelligent he's getting on in his age he has like 
six kids under him who are all um, predetermined to get married to a bunch of other lords and ladies. And so he has a very Protestant, um, not Protestant, <laughs> prominent line right. underneath him. Um, and But he's getting old and he wants to, you know, hold on to that fame he has as being a powerful alchemist. He's very intelligent. He's got a lot of uh, ambition. And the older he gets, the weaker he becomes eventually. And he just doesn't want to lose to the vitality of life that he's known. So he starts turning to some darker stuff. He starts diving into abyssal and infernal spells, trying to find some magic that can um, give him immortality. Like so many people before him who have gone down that road, it never ends well. Um, He never really figures out the right way to do it, but he comes across this interesting spell of tying his life to a bloodline. And knowing that his bloodline will live on for a very long time because he has so many kids about to get married and grandkids and so on, he ties his life to the life of his bloodline. But something goes wrong. Yes, it does keep him alive while his bloodline remains, but he loses his flesh, he loses his memories, and he loses his intelligence. That's all that's left is a skeleton husk of what was once Baspian. He sits in this cave for... 40 to 80 years just pondering as this conscious skeleton in the dark, um, undisturbed, just wondering what his life is. It's existence without really comprehending what's going on around him. And all he knows is the darkness of his cave. Anyways, 80 years goes on, all memory of Baspian has passed, and some treasure hunters go exploring in this cave area and they find a skeleton who's animated and starts moving around. And they start calling it a nightmare. And they flee from the cave, and with the light from the cave opening now, he's able to look around. And some memories start coming back, like he starts to be able to uh, understand the common language again just by reading it. Like these glimpses of intelligence start to come back, and he takes on the name Nightmare and goes by Night. And he sees a bunch of old relics of Baspian's old life, and he comes to the conclusion that this Baspian Jaeger family is the people who cursed him and made him like this. And so he is filled with this vengeance and he the only reason he thinks that is he finds like a pendant that Baspian used to wear um, and is like, I gotta hunt this family down because they're the reason I'm like this. And without knowing that that was his family. So it's this whole story of, yes, he gave up everything to become immortal essentially or like live forever but he now has this drive to kill his own family. And as he slowly does, he starts to get his memories back. And by the time that he's down to one relative left, and by this time all his kids are old and gray, uh, if not dead already, it's all his grandkids and great grandkids. And he just at the very end realizes what he's done. Yeah, it'd just be a fun story, super dark, but that's why I chose the Echo Knight. Be really cool. That's not a character for you, but I like it. (laughs) Yeah, super, super fun stuff. I would. I would think to play. Um, the one I went with, also, I just have to say, as soon as you said Nightmare, I just flashed to Eric Andre's show, just Nightmare, Nightmare, Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, me too. <laughs> me fucking too. <laughs> the character I created was uh, a little halfling called Brett DeVee, and she's a little, little criminal. I chose her name because it literally means the courageous, innovative, independent little thief. Nice. And she was just dumped in Greyhawk and taken in by the Guild of Thieves at a pretty young age. She trained all Wonder Woman style, just got super badass from like 
a very young age to like her teenage years she just got exceptional and because of her size she was really good at pickpocketing or just like those easy in and out jobs then there was one day she got a job that was kind of out of her range they threw her like three towns over instead of keeping her at home base which what she was used to and she went to go like break into this house and do the normal job but as soon as she opens the door she sees this family just like mutilated and as soon as she gets there the town guard is like right behind her so she has to get out of there so now she's being hunted by town guard mercenaries that were assigned by the city because this family that was killed was high up the food chain. So there, there's a little, little whiff of collusion in the air. And she doesn't really have grounds anymore, so she has to band up with this party that she found at the tavern one night while trying to bounce town to town, clearing her name, but also trying to lay low while not getting wrongly accused and killed for it. That's super sweet. And there'd be so many fun things to do with that, like constantly having to be on the move and like not knowing who set you up and not without really knowing. Really cool stuff. Dude, just like being in a town and start to notice everyone is staring at you for a minute. You're like, all right, well, we got to move. It's like, you haven't even done what we're supposed to do here. (laughs) Well, I'm going to move on. You guys have fun. (laughs) I'm going to leave. Bye. (laughs) I will be two towns over. Use this name, not my real name. Hmm. I am Lawrence. Call me Lawrence. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nasty Biggums is the, the surname. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, super sweet stuff. What about you, Juan? Um, my first ever D&D character uh, ever was this dude that we made named Tenshi. And Tenshi, it was a name I came up with still on uh, my excursion my religious excursion in japan your two-year uh, hiatus long gone. but my two-year hiatus from life <laughs> um and uh so the name tenshi translates to uh it literally means angel but the characters that i i switched out some of the characters with well keep in the same and it translates to um heavenly warrior whereas the original word for angel is like heavenly messenger figured out that yeah anyways that's a cool. little japanese uh language for you yeah, yeah tenshi yeah, it, I, I would. I use the word. I use the characters for Heavenly Warrior because I thought it was badass and the characters look really cool. Anyways, so I made him, and I've always had a little bit of a magical flair to my characters, but this this dude was mainly just a fighter with just some magical touches. And Drew remembers who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, dude. Um, but we gave him uh, me. This is one part, kind of being lazy and like being like, I don't. I'm kind of new to D and D which is like smart always go with fighter when you're starting out because it's less to learn for sure um but i gave my character amnesia and i was like yeah all right drew here's what i think might have happened but like i could be dead wrong uh you run with it and let's just go with that and so he was just dude who was uh found by the party in a spider web um, (laughs) on his own boat that yep. I found out later I owned because um, apparently I was a sailor and lived a life at, on, at, at sea and a, the spider came and wrecked, wrecked said boat and I was trapped up in the cocoon and that's how I was introduced into this party that already existed and they're like, cool, you got a boat? We got rid of the spiders? Take us somewhere. And that's okay. that's where I was at. And then we just ran with it from there. Not gonna lie, looking back at that now, what spider is on the ocean that wrecks boats <laughs> like that's terrifying to think fire. about dude 
Like, yeah, Ooh, one of those water, water space, skimmers dude. that go across pools, like just giant size. Oh, oh my awful, god, dude, that's terrible. But it was like she, it was like a shelob size spider, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, massive, massive beastie. Um, yeah, super cool no, I've stuff. I've done this before, but I'm Ron Weasley when it comes to giant spiders. Like, yeah, dude, I will same. do whatever to destroy. Same. I have a bunch of spider minis on my desk right next to me that I've painted and stuff, and like they freak me out. <laughs> like, I did too good of a job. They look like giant black widows. Um, but going back to Tenchi, it was really cool because, like, like Juan said, it was his first experience with D&D actually playing, I think. Um, and uh, when he said, I have amnesia, go with it what you will, um, he started to be, like, as he got used to traveling with the party, people would, like, oh, hey, Tenchi, what's up? Like, people just randomly, and he would just be like, uh, what? And, like, the look on Juan's actual face, like, oh, shit, Drew, am I supposed to say something right now? <laughs> was pure gold, because it was start starting to get him into the um, role-playing aspect of it, and I remember this one time, it was pretty intense, where um, this guy recognized Tenchi and was like, hey, how's... Uh, I always I don't remember her name but like how's Maria doing you know um how's your wife and Tenchi not remembering anything from his past is like oh shit I have a wife like what what happened to me like why was I at sea where's my wife where's my this whole past and it kind of turned into the last leg of that campaign tracking down the little fingerprints of Tenchi's memories. And it was really cool. It was really fun stuff. Yeah, it was really fun because, I mean, I mean, the best part about it is, I mean, I wasn't just completely like, I don't have a backstory at all. I have amnesia. I gave him some cliff notes. I was oh, like, for sure. yeah, he, uh, he did some time at an adventuring academy and they like turned him into like a, a, a war mage, which I think was like the class in 3.5, but it's pretty much just yeah. a fighter with spells. Uh, and I was like, so like I like, explained kind of where the skills came from and then i was like all right drew fill in the gaps yeah <laughs> uh, it was cool figuring it out because i was still very much like in my in my bubble of like oh, i'm not really sure how to role play here mm -hmm. and so it was a fun little like meta moment finding everything out at the same time as tenshi did because i well part of the role play was genuine i had to be like yeah i don't i don't remember having a wife yeah. or anything like that and so it was it was it was really cool because i got to like really i feel like get really into his mindset because i'd be like what would i do if i woke up and like the last what five years of my life were just a blur and i all these people were like what happened to this person and i genuinely have no idea what they're talking about yeah so it, was, it, was, it was really cool you're like paul rudd in uh, the last avengers movie <laughs> He was like, much, what the hell happened? <laughs> Did we lose? <laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> um, and uh, it, it was fun because Juan actually got to repay the favor doing the same thing when we were doing Strahd and he was running it. My character, Bjorn, um, he had this family that he was trying to track down. And when he got to Barovia, um, all the people were like, you're not the first Panzer born we've seen. I was a big bear guy from the golden compass and um Juan, i gave Juan this list of names of like family members i'm like dude do what you will with them they can all be dead they can be alive they can be enslaved i don't care um i just these are the people he's looking for and so like we got to play through some flashbacks of like my character's brother being in barovia and actually dying trying to do the same thing my character was trying to you know kill strahd and save arena or karina or 
the chick <laughs> i forget her name um and the one lady the one lady yeah and it was really fun because uh same thing similar situation i didn't know what was going to happen um and so I, I got a role play on the fly like oh snap this is all new information to drew the player and bjorn the character all at the same time and it's pretty fun to digest that um i would talk to your dm about it before doing it but it's for sure really fun and rewarding once you get it going always take that deep dive into the character it take, makes it way more fun for everyone honestly that's the thing and like especially long campaigns it makes everything more investing uh, more interesting not investing yeah. and a big investment too yeah. <clears throat> My favorite part about actually D&D now, like now that I've run a bunch of modules, a different bunch of campaigns, I've been the forever DM for a very long time. And my favorite part of DMing, a little side note here, was, yeah, my main story that I came up with to get the characters going, sure. But I have turned into a DM who wants to tell the player stories. Like if they have backstories, I want to do those backstories. Like... Colin's character just barely running from the law. I would love to do three months of sessions focused on resolving her issues and then Juan's character's issues and then like the another party's members and then like tying it all in. I think that is a really fun part about D&D and like the players actually telling the story. Um, I know I haven't DM'd much, but I, I've never really gone off of a book because I, whenever I have a script, I do not know how to deviate from it. Like I'm stuck to it. Mm. So nine times out of ten from the campaigns I've written, I will come up with the end goal that I have and the few like main characters that are going to flavor in here and there and like the situations that need to happen. But as far as like the first couple sessions go, like I did, I let you guys kind of feel out. Tell me your backstories. I kind of got a feel for what your characters do, how they act. And then you create the story from there. Like if you go in with the rigid idea of this is how it's going to be X, Y, Z, it can be fun, but it's way more fun. Like you said, to let the players unfold their story and the, all the connections they're making is they're doing. Yeah. Like it's, it's you know, it's way more fulfilling. Like, you're, uh, sorry to cut you off. No. It's just way more fulfilling and rewarding on both sides to play that way. Yeah, it is. And it's similar to writing yeah. where it's like outline writing and freeform writing, you know? Yeah. You have those authors like um, Stephen King who will say um, outline writing is the worst. It defeats all creativity. You do not need to follow your outline to an extent. Um, you just need to know ex kind of the major points where you're going. And then you have other great authors like Orson Scott Card, who says the exact opposite. Who's like, you need to follow your outline to a T, make sure everything flows properly. And so it's it's different play styles, and both obviously come out with great yeah. things. So it's really how you ever want to do it. Well, live your life. That's right. And. Um, Guys, let's go to our my favorite part of this whole bloody podcast. Juan, what do you got for us, dude? Uh, don't we do yours first? Oh, damn, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, so um, I am jumping way ahead. I'm getting all confused here. Um, yes, so the lore with fighters I'm not going to dive super into because it's similar to clerics and bards. They travel around fighters being by the blade of the blade being very good at just fighting and they're on site with anyone who's against them they are usually mercenaries adventures that is the main calling of a fighter in um D, D there's a 
plethora of different fighters I could pick from. Since I'm reading, hey, thank you. I was working on it all day <laughs> in the car. Plethora, plethora. <laughs> um, uh, there. Since I'm reading the Legend Dress series, I've said it a bunch of times already. Um, I decided to go with a fighter from that because it's one of my favorite characters. Um, so um, his name is Zach Nafane. He's a Drow. He's actually Drist's father. Um, and he is the battle master for the Dwarden family. He's very known throughout Menzo Berenzon, the capital city of the Drow in the Underdark, as being the best battle master ever in existence of the Drow. And he has this different ide- ideology than the Drow. Like, he definitely hates the whole corruption, stabbing each other in the back, fighting Drow. But because of the evil society, he relishes in killing clerics of Lolth. So like all the high priestesses. It's like his way of being like, hey, you're making me kill Drow. At least I'm going to take slight pleasure in killing the messengers of the deity of the spiders, you know? And he, as Driss turns, I think like 14 or 20, I don't know, very young in elf standings. He trains with Zach Nathane, who at the time Driss doesn't know it's his father. And he teaches him um, all the varieties of different weapons from scimitars, which Driss ends up taking as his favorite, uh, to spears, sword and shield, daggers, uh, darts, bow and arrow, anything to make Driss this elite fighter. And to this day, um, Drist, as far as I am, as far as I've gotten, that there's been no one his equal besides uh, Zach Nathane. And for those, for you two who probably haven't read the books, you probably have heard of Drist before. He's very famous in the D&D character lore. And he, yeah, Zach Nathane is just really cool. And he eventually um, rebels against like the whole society. I'm not going to give any spoilers with it. Um, but he's a really cool guy, um, and he trained Drist, which is a legendary character in this, um, game setting. And I'm not gonna promise that I'm not gonna talk about him going forward, because Ranger is right around the corner, and he's a Ranger, oh. so I think I'm gonna do about Drist, and I don't want to be like, stop talking about the Drist series, because <laughs> they're Never. sweet, man. They are sweet. I'm reading, like, six books right now, and I love reading that one the most right now it has my most attention so that's the character i came up with zach nefane he's kind of fun if you do like an underdark society type thing um you could throw like rumors or whisperings of like the legendary battle master from menzo barons on uh zach nefane or like his entity running around through the underdark pretty cool stuff there's a lot of things you could do there drow society i would love to do a campaign focused around drow society it would be sweet that's why we I can't do the whole series <laughs> on that society, honestly. Uh, dude, honestly. And I'm only book three <laughs> or book four. I can't <laughs> tell. <laughs> I think it's book three. Now it's time. Wow. Now it's time. Half us, half us okay. off, baby. Okay, so we decided to keep it fresh. Wasn't going to give a rehash. I don't even remember who I picked last week, to be honest. I deleted oh. it from my list. And it doesn't count, Colin. The slate is cleared because it never aired. The slate is cleared. Right. That's such bullshit to fill you guys in. Literally, <laughs> no, like, sorry. less than two less than two minutes into the episode, there's, I sang the song from Mulan, and Juan is just like, are you really just gonna say my fighter of the week like that? It doesn't count, because it never aired, so the slate is zero, zero still. I'm not giving you a free it's point, zero, dude. Zero. It's okay, because I can just say, 
I can just say that uh, last week never happened. Colin never got it right. And no oh, one true, will know true. It I, I, I concur with Juan. Colin's high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, was, he, was, he was talking a little too much hash. Yeah. Last week never happened. There actually isn't a lost episode. We just decided to lie to everyone. Yeah. We're gaslighting our audience. True, true. <laughs> oh my I was God. busy with homework and I couldn't record last week. That's the real reason. <laughs> That's the real reason. <laughs> okay. all, the, all, so these, one. all these things that we said were last week, lies. <laughs> Boys. So for t- for this week, I decided it'd be a little fun to okay. pick two. To two. End, and once you guys figure them out, you guys get to pick who the fight who the character of the week is out of these two. Okay, cool. So we each get to okay. pick two. Yes. Okay. And you went fun. Can I ask so I went, one question? So I will say they're not so I'll, I'll give you some I'll give you some some clues. Okay. Um, so you're not just total shot in the dark. Actually, ask your question first, and then I'll give you clues. Are they related to each other? Not as in, um, like, brothers or anything, but, like, are they within the same movie, TV show, game genre type thing? No. There, okay. are, there is no relation to the other. Just I thought who would be a dope, badass fighter. One of them specifically has a very famous scene that put them on this list because you could technically put them in for some other classes but because of this one scene i was like no they have to be a fighter we got to give them you know even if they don't get it for the week they still get the honorable mention um but so i will say both live action both played by real actors okay one is a man one is a woman okay one is more um i'm trying to think of a good like uh clue that won't give it away um Let's just say one is more proficient with firearms, and the other one would do really well in 300. Okay. But it's not, but they're not in 300. Because I named the movie, that movie, anyone in that movie is now forgotten. Okay, cool. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a shot. Go ahead, Drew. Um, I don't know her name exactly, like her character name, but the ghost in the shell for the firearms her as the fighter um and then the other one i'm still gonna say it i said last week ego montoya from princess bride okay i like where your head's at i did say it's not an animated character so i'll let you do another guess it's not ghost of the shell okay i was going off the scarlett johansson we don't count that we we, no we that doesn't happen never exists (laughs) okay cool you didn't like it either (laughs) nope nope okay cool because it did the it did the anime a shame (laughs) Yeah, it, yeah, no. The actual Ghost in the Shell anime it goes hard as fuck. It, it does. Fucks, it fucks so hard. It and does. <laughs> okay, cool. I for what's her? What's the Ghost of the Shell's name, dude? Please I tell forgot. me. I just okay. know Ghost in the okay. Shell. That's, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, okay, then uh, for firearms, go ahead, Colin. You've been thinking. I'm gonna think for a second. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna ask one question as well since Drew got one. Okay, what is your one question? Is the man the firearms, or is the female the firearm? The female is a okay. is the okay. firearms. And here's the thing: I may you, you guys might be focusing too much on the firearms. I'm saying they're more likely slash would know how to use one. Whereas Bro, I was gonna go not. with Rambo. <laughs> if you said male, I was gonna. I will go. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna stick with Rambo and Laura Croft. And I am going to say uh, Katniss from uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, okay. Both solid choices. Thank you, thank you. Okay. So I'm going to say both. Or I might, all right, I'm going to give you both one uh, one more hint. 
Kay. and then and then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, pirates. Oh, bruh. Greece. Pirates. Greece. Kira Knightley for the woman, and then for the male. Greece. Oh, Brad Pitt. Troy. <laughs> Damn, right, dog. You're both tied. You're both tied. You're both tied. Yo, were those Suck right? Yeah, Yo, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go 1-1. 1-1. Yep. <laughs> one, one. So you guys get to pick who, who it goes to, but the two characters, it's Elizabeth Swan and Achilles. Yeah. So Kieran Knightley and Pirates of the Caribbean and Brad Pitt and Troy. Okay, Brad Pitt and Troy, that dude goes hard, man. Yeah. Right? As okay. much as I, I, I love Elizabeth Swan, I'm not trying to discredit her in any way. That's not what's happening here. Okay. But dude, just watch the movie Troy and tell me that is not the pinnacle of fights. Okay, I just want to say something. Two things, actually. So last night, me and my wife were talking about attractive people. Obviously, Kira Knightley and Brad Pitt came up. And did you know Kira Knightley was seventeen in the first Pirates movie? Yes. What? Yes, I didn't know that. Like, that, that what the hell, dude? Then. You know what I looked like at seventeen? Not Kira Knightley uh, level. Kira Knightley hot. <laughs> no way. I think I had acne all the way up my yin yang, bro. Uh, and she's looking like a bronze goddess. I can say that because I was like fourteen when that movie came out. So, um, and Brad Pitt. Every they were all like, it was like it was my in laws. We were all having this conversation. Like Brad Pitt's not hot. I'm like y'all suck dick. Okay. Like how did I see that? Brad Pitt is sexy as fuck. And I, Dude, any, I will any stand era of any era of yeah any era that dude goes hard and I won't hear anything else. I won't. Every flavor of Brad Pitt, Pitt is slander in this family will not be tolerated. Every flavor of Brad Pitt is just for every person ever. It like is. there's there's everyone can everyone can find an era of him that they enjoy and he just does it for you in that area. Might not do it for you anymore, but he did at one point and you can't discount. I would risk it all for Brad Pitt. Brad, call me. No, no, personally, I would risk it all for any era. Yeah. Brad Pitt is a hot Nick Cage. There's a flavor for whatever. And we all went gay for yeah. Brad in this episode. I'm glad I was there here for it, dude. I am well, so there you glad. Go. So way, to, way to re-record. It's been decided. Winner, 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 chicken dinner goes to Achilles, a.k.a. Brad Pitt and I Troy. I feel so sad because... The scene I'm talking about... Listen, listen. The fact that she went up against him in the first place in my brain is, is still very good. It is. It also because Karen Knightley's hot. That's so. the thing. But she was my crush you, for years. But years. what is the most iconic scene for any fighter class ever than when she's at the pirate summit and she's pulling out guns, knives, and swords oh, at yeah. the wazoo? Like that scene specifically, I, oh, yeah. I was just like, yeah, she'd be a good fighter of the week. Dude, I didn't want just that how, man like, to stop saying remove, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Little man Drew was going crazy. <laughs> younger yeah, me. You That's be. what I meant. Younger me was going crazy, okay? Uh -huh. <laughs> no, definitely little man Drew. I definitely meant younger yeah. me, okay? <laughs> uh -huh. um, That's a perfect uh, On record, officially, <laughs> officially. For this podcast, Fighter of the Week is Achilles. Okay. With and honorable I, mention, and we all and, for the Caribbean. and I just honorable gotta say, yeah, that Troy scene when he's fighting, I forget the name, um, like the the freaking badass of Troy, and he drags him away on the chariot after killing oh, him. Oh, yeah. Freaking baller. Dude, he just gives zero bucks the entire time in that movie. He's just like, oh, second fighter. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go back home now. Yeah, and it was because his, like, cousin was just like, 
I don't feel bad spoiling this movie. It came out in like 2002. Um, yeah. And like he, his younger brother goes out there in his armor and is like, I'm Achilles. I'm going to rally the troops when he was just getting it in with some chick. And then he ends up dying, of course. And then Achilles goes and avenges him all emotional and stuff. That scene goes hard. That scene goes yeah. really hard. So really good stuff. Um, yeah, guys, fighter has been awesome. It's been a roller coaster, and um, oh, I, we have we have to do the shout out this week because yes, happened last time. Yeah, take it away, bro. Take it away. Um, I have to shout out on our Twitter. One second, I didn't have it pulled up because I'm a lazy person. I'll say, boy. Um, we have the Charisma Casters behind the roll podcast, and. Is a very beautiful name, Ilyasana three thousand. Ilyasana, nice. All you guys have been very supportive on the page, interactive, and we hell appreciate that. I, we, we got into it last time, and I got a little teary eyed. It's happening again, talking about it. Dude, it, it's just been really cool to kind of be able to do this. I know it's not. We're literally recording in our apartments, and it's nothing crazy, but it, it's just cool to be able to say that we do this every week. Yeah, it is. And we've been talking about it for so long. It's fine, finally really rewarding to see it pay off. Um, so go ahead and tell everyone about those socials real quick, dude, where they can find us. Right, we got the, the Instagram on beyond the board underscore 801. Oh, beyond under, underscore the underscore board 801. Nice. And then on Twitter, you got beyond the board 8. Heck yeah. So interact with us. Collins, our dude for social media. Um, and he'll answer any questions and stay interactive with everyone. I am not on social media at all. I get on every once in a while to post for like anniversaries and stuff for my wife makes her happy. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win situation. Um, but other than that, I have no presence. Um, but I just want to say thank you for everyone who has reviewed this, uh, the podcast, left us comments, reached out in any, any situation. We really appreciate it. Um, like Colin said, it's great to do this and it's fun for us as a creative outlet and we hopefully can, hopefully we'll continue to do so. So thanks everyone for tuning in for this episode and Patty Knox, listen to that sweet music and let's get out of here.